You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. Today, I'm joined by Hayden Winks of Underdog Fantasy. This will be a very fantasy-focused episode. Before we jump in, today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Hayden Winks. Fantasy football, underdogs, fantasy. First, let's talk about the name. Did you have anything to do with the selection of the name underdog fantasy? Because that's going to appeal to a lot of people that love underdogs. Yeah, that's kind of the the company motto, obviously, when you're becoming a, a fantasy football operator. You're going up against the big dogs, uh, DraftKings, FanDuel, all those types. So we are the underdog, but uh, we got a really good team. And I feel confident that maybe in, in a couple of years from now, we'll uh, be considered the favorite. I know I've been a fan of your work. I've been a fan of Josh Norris's work for quite a long time. And you guys do the underdog fantasy podcast together. Is it just football right now? Or are you guys doing all the sports? Josh and I's content is just football related. Um, some fantasy shows. Sometimes we have a game show once a week now. Um, but our platform, if you want to be doing player props, if you want to be uh, doing uh, best ball tournaments for baseball, basketball, and hockey, we also have that. And then we have the the biggest best ball tournament in the world, $1 million to first place on Underdog. But just if it's just Josh and I, it's usually either a game show or uh, fantasy football. And for the plebeians like myself that don't know what best ball is when referring to fantasy sports, what is the best ball format? So best ball is draft only. So if if you're going to doing a draft sometime in June, you can just spend the 30 minutes to an hour to do your draft. And then the computer is going to take your optimal lineup throughout the season. So you don't have to set your lineup each week. You don't have to do ads. You don't have to drop. There's no trades, no nothing. If you just want to draft, you can draft and get out. And then the computer basically will take it from there. So this is the best way if you want to do like 10 fantasy drafts this summer. Uh, but you don't have the time on Tuesday to set all your lineups and make all these ads and drops. Best ball is the format for you. And uh, I think underdog, I, obviously I'm biased. I work there. I think that they actually have the best platform for this on the app, on on the website. Uh, if you want to play best ball, I think underdog is the place to do it. Man, that's crazy. No in-season acquisitions, no trades, no drops. No. You're just the drafted roster. That's it. Yeah, we have 18 rounds for, for football. So you draft about basically 200 uh, players get drafted and it, there's no kickers, no defense. It's just fantasy points. That's why I'm here to join you. Obviously, the Bengals in particular got a lot of really strong fantasy assets. So um, just draft your team, get in and get out. And we have a lot of time today. This is a full show of Hayden Winks talking Bengals fantasy football. But another thing that you did, and and I think when I first started interacting with you, certainly one of my earlier memories of your content on Twitter was around the draft cycle last year. You were working for NBC Sports. And, and prior to that, I think it was Roto World. You were there then. And, and Josh also came up through Roto World. Is, is that right? Do I have that remembered correctly? 
Yes, uh, it was Roto World at first, and then the name changed to NBC Sports Edge, and that uh, drove Josh and I out of there. I, I'm right. only kidding, but we we do love the Roto World name more. That is something I, I am confident in saying. Sure, yeah. I mean, who doesn't, right? That's such a great content that we'll we'll have to save for another time, unfortunately. But when you were there, you did some really cool analysis. You you looked at historical data for quarterbacks, and you came up with uh, a very strong profile for Joe Burrow when projecting his success to the NFL. And that's my first memory of interacting with your content. So let's throw it back for a year. And before we talk necessarily about fantasy football in 2021, let's revisit your draft evaluation of Joe Burrow, which I'm sure I've referenced on podcasts last year at some point, because for us, it's been Joe Burrow driving content for a full year now. Yeah, so so Joe Burrow and just in general when I'm doing my NFL draft stuff, uh, I'm learning more and more about the positions where I can actually feel more confident in my tape evaluation. But all of my stuff is based on of, off of analytics. So of course Joe Burrow in that season at LSU was awesome. He came out as a really strong prospect in my models, and obviously the same thing we can be saying about Jamar Chase and then T Higgins to a lesser extent as well. So all of those guys, Power Five guys, lots of production. Um, Jamar Chase in particular was really young, but in, in particular with Joe Burrow, I mean, he was lights out when you're talking about accuracy, all of that stuff. To me, he was the no brainer quarterback one of last year's class. I thought he would be the franchise or the number one quarterback for most drafts. And I think that last year showed kind of that promise that you're you're working with. He's got such a high floor. and I think that was the big appeal of Joe Burrow last year. And so now coming off the knee injury. How have your expect and, and I guess without getting too far into the fantasy, right? But just comparing your expectations for this year to to pre-draft and and what you saw from him in those ten games that he played as a rookie, do you feel like he lived up to expectations? Obviously, the big deficiency was the deep ball for him. He's talked about it himself a lot. Bengals coaches have talked about it. They drafted Jamar Chase. I think all efforts and focused on remediating the deep ball. So are, are you still arrow pointing up going forward? And and the big question for a lot of Bengals fans often comes down to the Burrow versus Herbert thing. So there's a bunch of stuff for you to talk about for, for Joe Burrow compared to where you were pre-draft on. So with Joe Burrow, the things I was most confident in, his decision-making is lights out. I mean, like super advanced quarterback. That was very clear at LSU and what they were asking him to do uh, in the pocket. The second part is he's super accurate, particularly short, intermediate, anything on an RPO, anything that needs to be quick outs, he's going to put it right on the money. And then the third thing that was the most underrated part of his game is his rushing ability. Um, and we saw that last year. There was a couple awesome plays picking up first downs. He's not going to be some like goal line Cam Newton specialist, but when the pocket breaks down, he's just not going to sit there and take too many sacks. And I think that uh, with some more experience, he's going to take less sacks. Obviously, the Bengals should be improving this offensive line the next year or two as well. So the only thing that was the big question was in college, it was it was clear he was very accurate and he knew where the ball was going to be going. But did he have enough arm strength to reach that like super high end, uh, like top three, top five quarterbacks in the game? And I thought last year that was kind of very clearly the weakness. There were some inaccuracies on his deep ball, but I think a lot of that was just kind of overcompensating does he have like the raw arm strength to hit these deep out routes Did these hit these vertical shots um, but ultimately I think that kind of skill is a little bit overrated if you can constantly move the chains I don't think that you need to be like some elite 
uh, Josh Allen Armstrong. Like, give me the guy that's just going to keep keep moving the chains, and especially when the Bengals bring in the the three receiver set that they have right now. So I think that it is an issue. It might limit his overall ceiling, but I still think he can be a top five quarterback long term. It's interesting because Joe Burrow would tell you if you told him that. Well, he would tell you a lot of things, but he would tell you that. Uh, my arm is stronger now. I don't know if you've been keeping up on what he's been saying coming out of the surgery, but he's saying that he's he's tweaked his his the way he holds the football a little bit. He's worked on the way the ball's coming out of his hands. And the thing that he's talked about a couple of times to Albert Breer uh, in the article that came out on Monday and before that, if you're you know one of the people that listens to to all Bengals content all the time, is his hips are stronger. And he's talked about improving his hip strength, the the hip flexors, the glutes as part as part of his rehab. He believes that his velocity is better. And now, is that something that we can measure in football? Is that something that will be easy to see? Not necessarily, but it might show up because there were times, you're right, last year where it did kind of look like the ball was fluttering on him a little bit. To me, it happened more on those intermediate, I need a little bit of zip on this more than the downfield stuff where some of it was the target point was wrong and it was more mental than it was actually accuracy uh and and that's from talking to coaches about what happened to joe on this play and they tell me well we coached him to throw it here but he's got that college tendency to go upfield because his guys didn't need to be thrown open in college because they were so damn good and in the nfl you got to throw guys open a little bit more so a real mixed bag but do you buy the the hip strength thing his are you do you think that a 24 year old quarterback can improve velocity I probably am leaning towards that could be the case. I don't think that you're going to see like some drastic differences, just like his just size profile, unless he like adds like 20, 25 pounds. But I, I don't, I wouldn't even want him doing that because you want to be using his dual threat abilities anyway. So I don't like betting against Joe Burrow. If Joe Burrow is saying that he's working yeah. on something, I mean, he's made a lot of people look really dumb uh, betting against him. He kind of just has like that, that killer instinct, which like I always think it's pretty overrated, but with Joe Burrow, like there's like there's something special about him. So if he says he's getting stronger, uh, I tend to believe him. And I mean, we we've seen young quarterbacks take massive massive leaps um, within the first three four years. But I think after that, you kind of are who you are. Um, but for the next year or two, if his arm is getting a little bit stronger, that shouldn't be like too big of a surprise. You know, it's interesting because most of the quarterbacks are coming into the league younger where you see that and you see the big jump in their age 23 season, which Joe Burrow just had coming up next. We'll go into the fantasy side of things a little bit more and we'll probably start and stay with Joe Burrow a little bit longer before we talk about some of your favorite Bengals for fantasy football purposes. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions and now they want to help even more. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements just for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in Instant Karma to over 50000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash win money to sign up for free and start winning 
Instant Karma. Creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank, Inc. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. All right, Hayden, let's talk fantasy football a little bit. Admittedly, not my strongest suit, although I do like to win the fantasy leagues when I'm in them. Last year, I played in one league. I won it. So batting a thousand last year. Have really taken a step back from fantasy football since I've started covering football. So we do get questions that I often can't answer. So there are questions like, should I feel confident drafting Joe Burrow as my QB one? Should I which which Bengals wide receiver should I use my third round pick on? Where should I pick Joe Mixon? Those are all questions that are right in your wheelhouse. And we'll start with the Joe Burrow question. So I'm actually, I lied. I'm in two leagues. One of them is a dynasty league and it's a two quarterback dynasty league. So I invested in Kyler Murray and pretty early on, I went and drafted Joe Burrow as a Bengals fan. I couldn't resist. And it's a dynasty league with two quarterbacks. So quarterbacks are more important, but let's talk 2021 Joe Burrow coming off the ACL. You've mentioned, you don't doubt the guy. He says he's going to play week one. He says he wants to play if he can, some preseason snaps if the coaches and ownership allow him to and his rehab is is on schedule and, and, and puts him in a place where that's a safe thing to do. So fantasy-wise, I think worse quarterback than real life in, in some ways last year. And mostly I think that probably comes down to touchdown production. What are you thinking for Joe Burrow in 2021? Because to me, doesn't seem like a quarterback I would be very aggressively taking early. So right now in underdog fantasy, he's being drafted as the ninth quarterback on the board. And Josh Norris and I just did our rankings and I have him in that tier. I just have him as my quarterback 12. So not drastically low on him. And I think the reason why I am a little bit lower is in that uh, Albert Breer column, he talked about his mobility and he that was out of all the things he talked about, that was the one part of his game where he was seemed a little less confident. He's like, I'm not sure if I'm going to be the same in the run game. Uh, and he just that was the one part where it caught my eye. And in fantasy football, that matters a lot. And that was the underrated part about Joe Burrow coming into the league. But if he can't be that mobile quarterback, let's say like the first two months of the season, which is totally fine. I mean, he's coming back like right on schedule to be there for week one. I'm not sure if his passing game is going to actually take that big of a hit. But for fantasy purposes, you need those first downs like 20, 25 rushing yards per game actually matters. So. Um, I think Joe Burrow will be fine. The biggest thing for the the Bengals in particular is so much volume. The defense is going to be bad. Once again, we know that division is really good. A lot of high-scoring offenses in that division. So uh, the the Bengals are probably going to be top five, top ten in pass attempts last year. Joe Burrow is a distributor. And uh, in that in those ten games when Burrow was healthy, the Bengals led the league in neutral pass rate. So I'm expecting a ton of pass attempts for Joe Burrow and that'll keep his floor pretty elevated. Even if he isn't some like high end rusher, Joe Burrow was on pace for 646 attempts. Yep. When he got hurt, he had 200 or sorry, 404 attempts through 10 games. And obviously there's a 17th game now. So, I mean, if they stay at that clip, he could throw 700 passes, Yeah, which Sounds insane, but is what it is. I think his passing numbers get better. You talked about they shouldn't get worse. I think the deep ball 
I think he was too good at it at LSU. He was too good at it with Jamar Chase specifically at LSU for me to imagine that this gets worse. I think Jamar Chase does add something for Burrow's game. He averaged 14.2 rushing yards per game last year, had three rushing touchdowns. So certainly important things when you're talking about fantasy quarterbacks. One thing I would be concerned about, and I don't know how much this weighs into things, is he got a little bit lucky on interceptions. I don't think he's going to be the kind of guy that throws a lot of interceptions, especially as he learns. I think he's a smart guy. You're not going to be able to fool him in this league for very long. But, you know, quarterbacks throw picks as part of their game. I think he'll be a low interception rate guy. Maybe not this year, but it could be as early as this year, if not next year. He was last year for what it's worth. But again, I think he got a little bit lucky. The other thing that concerns me is his proclivity to fumble. He had major ball security issues when it came to getting hit in the pocket. And when he scrambled, he had, I believe, and I could be reading this wrong. It looks like nine fumbles. Is that, am I, am I seeing that right? Do you have that in front of you? That seems like Daniel Jones-esque. I don't have the numbers right in front of me. That seems pretty high, but you, you do see this with young quarterbacks. I think out of like, out of all the stats, I think one of them that you probably, I haven't done a study on this, but I would bet young quarterbacks on the rookie contract fumble it a ton. And then as they like learn when pass rushers are getting uh, close by, I, I would guess that that's an issue that gets cleaned up, um, especially if he says he's getting stronger. That would be one aspect where he should. I mean, he shouldn't be fumbling the ball too much. He's too smart. What, what about those small hands? And it is nine. I've confirmed on pro football reference. Wow. Nine fumbles in 10 games. It was, it was a problem. I pointed this out last year. It's not something that I'm worried about either long term. Like, it, the offensive line will get better because it was literally the worst offensive line in the league last year. One of the worst offensive lines probably in history, not the worst, but like certainly bottom 10% probably historically, maybe 15% if you're being generous. So that's something that could get better. How much is was, Jamar Chase? Sorry, go ahead. Real quick. What, was there like a coaching staff change on the offensive line? I remember reading this. Yes. I don't cover the team enough. Could you explain that to me just real quick? Like why it matters? It matters because Jim Turner, the former Bengals offensive line coach, is better known for bully gate and bad sexist jokes right. than he is for coaching offensive lines or good offensive lines, I should say. He he does continue to get jobs. You know, he was in Miami. He went to Texas A&M. Zach Taylor knew him from college, brought him to Cincinnati. It wasn't the first choice for the Bengals. Bill Callahan was the first choice. Washington wouldn't let him go. And then when he was let go, for whatever reason, the Bengals didn't make the move. I mean, they've got his son on the team, Brian Callahan, but uh, they, they didn't make the move to fire Jim Turner early. I guess I get it. You know, they're young coaches and, and they don't want to change everything right away. And they probably had some confidence in the guy because they work with him, right? And if you believe in your coworkers, which you kind of have to to some degree. But anyway, he teaches a two-hand punch which uh, in the modern NFL is often a death sentence, especially for tackles. Jonah Williams is a guy that had great independent hands at Alabama. He comes to Cincinnati. There's one week in particular where there was a story. It was against the Eagles. I think the Bengals gave up like nine, seven sacks in that game or something. And I think it was that week that there was a story that Jim, Jim Turner was teaching a two-hand punch. He was telling guys, start two-hand punching this week. And there's a couple plays where you see Jonah Williams two-hand punch. And he just immediately is beat. And so Frank Pollock comes in is from comes from the Jets where Mekhi Becton had a really good rookie year, formerly with the Bengals. The last time he was with the Bengals, Joe Mixon had his best year of his career. 
is going to bring a renewed emphasis on outside zone running. You'll probably see Joe Burrow under center a little bit more, especially as the season goes on. We'll see how much they do it at first and how confident they are in his knee at first. But you're going to see more under center, more outside zone. They led the league in inside zone attempts last year. You're going to see more back to the line of scrimmage play action. And you should see better technique. Bengals coaches I've talked to have said that they expect that their offensive linemen will play with, and I quote, markedly better technique in 2021. So the coaches are very confident in Pollock. I know the players are excited to have him back. He is a Bill Callahan disciple from Dallas. He was an assistant under Callahan before he took over in Dallas. So a lot of the, a lot of ties to Bill Callahan on the Bengals coaching staff and Frank Pollock will be one of them. Interesting. That's really good to know. I, I didn't know about the, the outside zone change from this year. That's, I mean, another another feather in Joe Mixon's cap for this season. You you would expect so. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what way they go with the run game for sure, because there, there's a lot that could change, a lot that will change, especially with the fact that they were the leading inside zone team in 2020, and it didn't really go all that well for them. But they were in the gun so much, and they wanted to keep running yeah. zone, and that was really the big reason why let's talk about Joe Mixon and some of these skill guys like Jamar Chase, what difference success in those areas would have for Joe Burrow and for their individual fantasy prospects. We'll get into those guys coming up next. Built Bar's nine delicious flavors are still waiting for you to try them. James and I talk about them all the time. I've been eating one a day since I got my shipment of coconut brownie chunk, and that's a limited edition flavor, so be on the lookout for those. But they have nine permanent flavors as well. There's something for everyone, and they taste absolutely amazing, covered in 100% real chocolate. If you can't make up your mind, try a mix box. You'll get two of each of their nine flavors. Most of them have about 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, just four grams of sugar. Some of them go up to 18 grams of protein. Order today. Get that raspberry or mint brownie or whichever tickles your fancy. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Hayden, we spent a lot of time talking about Joe Burrow so far on this show. And the last real big question that I have that that really is is specific to Joe Burrow, and we can also talk about Jamar Chase here, is what impact does Jamar Chase have on Joe Burrow? Do you buy that, assuming, given what we just talked about with the offensive line coach change and some of the personnel changes on the offensive line, that should get them out of the cellar that Jamar Chase can make a big difference on Joe Burrow's deep game this year. So Jamar Chase, I mean, he's basically a one for one replacement for AJ green. And last year, I mean, I love AJ green. The player he has been awesome forever, but last year, like, let's just face it. He was maybe the worst starting receiver in the league when it comes to efficiency. And Jamar Chase, on the other hand, was one of the most efficient college receivers we've seen ever period. Like, 20 yards per catch, all these touchdowns. He was winning from the X, go routes, underneath routes. He's going to be everything for the Bengals. And I, I love his placement just within this three receiver set, just because each player offers such a different skill set. Obviously, Tyler Boyd underneath. T. Higgins, he could be an X receiver if they wanted to. I think that he has the skill set. 
But if he's going to be the second outside receiver and just win a bunch of catch, like just go grab him, catch him balls on the outside downfield red zone. I think he's going to be awesome at that as a number two receiver. And I think that Jamar Chase is just totally lights out 99th percentile wide receiver prospect. And my model his production, athleticism, the strength of schedule, all the stuff I look at. Jamar Chase was basically one of the best college receivers of all time. Um, and he, when he, he was doing that with Joe Burrow and we saw what Burrow did. So I thought it was an awesome pick. It was the pick that I would have made if I was leading the team. And I think for fantasy purposes, it makes it really tough because T Higgins and Tyler Boyd are already established, but I'm leaning that Jamar chase is just going to be the alpha immediately. I think he's just that good. And right now I have him projected slightly above T Higgins and Tyler Boyd in targets and production this year. I, I would be drafting him first of the three in fantasy. And he was doing that at 19, 99th yeah. percentile at 19 years old. Love to hear it. So you have him projected ahead of Tyler Boyd and T Higgins. Is that every category you talked about targets and, and overall production, but I would expect, so, so here's what I, here's what I kind of think. I think, Jamar Chase, if I had to pick a leader for the team, Jamar Chase yards, maybe touchdowns. But I think T. Higgins will compete for touchdowns for sure because Jamar Chase really didn't have a ton of red zone production at LSU. And I'm going to be curious to see how that kind of translates to the NFL. A lot of his touchdowns were on those deep balls. T. Higgins, I think, should still lead this team in catches. I think that they're going to go to him on third downs very often. And the connection that he had with Joe Burrow early on last year, I mean, Joe Burrow steps up, throws a pass behind Tyler Boyd when Tyler Boyd's running a crosser. And Tyler Boyd, without looking, because he's tangled up with the defensive back, knows instinctively to stop, redirect, disengage with the corner, and and turns and the ball hits him in the chest. You, you know what play I'm talking about because it's insane. Yep. And so I, I think that that connection is just too strong. And, and Tyler Boyd is too good as a slot receiver to, to not lead the team in catches. And then T Higgins is, is the hardest one for me to project because like you said, I think there is some skill overlap in, in T and in Jamar in so far as they're both very strong receivers are both very good at the catch point and in contested situations. And I was recently asked when I was a guest on another podcast, which one of these guys is the X, which one are they going to put on the line of scrimmage? And I don't really know because in the last couple of years, the Bengals have had defined roles for guys within game plans. You would see one guy take most of the snaps at X, and sometimes you see his backup come in, but they wouldn't move. You know, if AJ Green was the X for the game, they wouldn't move T Higgins to the X on a play if AJ went out to get a rest. So they would have the backup come in and do that. So if they're still so strict with those roles, which, you know, obviously there's some exceptions to that rule, but if they're still strict with it, I really wonder which one they put on the line of scrimmage. But I guess that's not a huge fantasy question. What is a huge fantasy question, however, is shifting gears entirely, Joe Mixon. And whether he's finally going to live up to what he did a couple years ago, the return of Frank Pollock certainly bodes well. The return of an outside zone emphasis bodes well. The moderate improvement, I would describe, of the offensive line, at least on paper, bodes well. And Giovanni Bernard's departure frees up potentially some targets and some additional touches in the running game. I know you're very high on Joe Mixon. Just how high are you this year on the Bengals running back? He's my seventh running back in my current rankings. He's being drafted on underdog fantasy as the RB 12 in the second round. 
I think he's a first round guy this year. Um, and that's in all formats, PPR, half PPR, standard formats. Just because I think the big thing is he was being used right before his injury. There's kind of like the first three games, he was kind of splitting time. Obviously, he was the 1A, but Giovanni Bernard was playing on passing downs. And then those last three games before he got hurt, they kind of said, all right, forget Gio. Let's make Gio, Joe Mixon be our every down back. And he his usage was awesome last year. And everything about this offseason points to me that Joe Mixon is rarely going to see uh, the sideline this year. He's going to be an every down player. We know he's capable of ca- catching the ball out of the backfield. We know that Joe Burrow likes to target his receivers in a lot of these check down, check down spots. He's going to get all the goal line work. There's basically nothing that he's not doing. So as long as Joe Mixon can return on his foot injury, I don't see how this fails. He's going to get so much opportunity. The offense is better. And I think that just people, they've seen Joe Mixon kind of disappoint, whether it's like a couple missed games, the Bengals offensive line was just totally disastrous. They didn't get good, good enough quarterback play. I think all three of those things are improved for Joe Mixon this year. So I think if somebody was asking me on a podcast, like who are you, like which first or second round guy are you most overweight on? My answer would be Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's never really had a fantastic year. And and that's got to be part of it, right? His, his best year, probably 2018, which was admittedly really, really good, but he only played 14 games. He had 4.9 yards per carry that year, but he only had 237 carries. He couldn't stay on the field. Now that has changed. And the offensive line coach that designed the running game that year is back. And also, by the way, has the title of run game coordinator in Cincinnati. So is is pretty much given the reins of, of dictating the run game within the confines of what this team wants to do in the passing offense. Because, you know, Zach Taylor coming from the Sean McVay school wants to make things look the same pre-snap and and run a lot of different things out of those similar looks it'll be interesting to see how much they stick with the empty stuff too uh, because that is of course a favorite of Joe Burrow but I think that they've got to look at it and say we've got to put an increased emphasis on running the ball especially early in the year and you know part of that's because Joe Burrow's uh, coming off an injury part of that's because I think they are going to look back at their last two years and think, why are we throwing the ball so much in these neutral situations when we have a Joe Mixon who I think at least my perception is supremely talented, but you know, his best year is a total of 1400 and a half yards, nine touchdowns. And I feel like that's really good, but you're looking for better from your first round running back. Right. And so you've got to be projecting better than that for him this year. Yeah, I just think that it's all this opportunity. I think the Bengals' uh, offense, I think it could be a little less pass-heavy. Last year, if you look, the first six games, the Bengals' neutral pass rate was about 56%. And then once Joe Mixon got hurt and Joe Burrow was still in there, like three games where that was the case, they were like at 67 68% neutral pass rate. So they completely avoided the run game. But I'm with you. I think that the 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 offensive uh, offensive line change is going to help. I think that people are kind of sleeping on like – the Bengals made improvements to this offensive line. They're not going to be in a great offensive line, but going from 32nd in the league to 20th would be a massive improvement. That's going to help Joe Mixon. And just if you just look at the salaries, how much money the Bengals are paying Joe Mixon, they're going to try to get their money's worth this year. And this is obviously, you can debate the real life uh, impact. Is it worth to pay a running back that much? But for fantasy purposes, that is telling me Joe Mixon is going to get the rock like 300 times this this year and I think that Joe Mixon is a legit runner between the tackles I think he's one of the better 
pure running backs in the game, period. And I want to be betting on on Joe Burrow when I can. Uh, so I just it sounds scary because it always seems like he, he does fail in some capacity. But I just don't see it failing this year. Everything around him has just improved. If everything comes together and he stays healthy and he plays 16 games, I think projecting like 300 carries is probably pretty fair. I think if things go well with the reintroduction of Frank Pollock to this team, at least four and a half yards per carry seems pretty reasonable, even though that's above his career average. I mean, two of those years were with Jim Turner as the offensive line coach and and that includes also 3.6 yards per carry in this injury-riddled 2020. I think, what do you think? What do you think for, for targets? Because he's averaging, in a full season, probably around 50 targets. Do you think he's going to eclipse that number with Geo's departure? I would say, I don't have, uh, let me pull my projections, but I, I probably like 60 catches this year. 60 I think catches? Yes, I, Je- Giovanni Bernard played so many passing s- snaps last year and the pr- the previous season. I can see them using him in the pass game a lot. A lot of these bell cow backs are, are catching eighty to like one hundred and twenty passes this year. So um, I would say fifty receptions would be on the conservative side, and I think you can see a massive number uh, improvement. But even he, he doesn't even need that. Like like you said, if he gets three hundred carries, he gets all the goal line work and he improves in yards per carry. He doesn't even have to catch 60, 70 passes to be like a borderline top five running back. And I mean, they could they can definitely get him the rock in the passing game. I think 50 plus times. I think that's like actually a reasonable uh, projection. So you, you said no kickers in best ball, no defense in best ball. But today we don't have to talk about the kickers and the defense. That's Hayden Winks, underdog fantasy. You can find him on Twitter at Hayden Winks. Hayden, anything you want to plug before I let you go? Thank you. Uh, first time users, if you go and deposit on Underdog, use promo code Hayden Winks with no space, Hayden Winks, and you'll get a free $25. Free $25. Go win that million dollars and uh, $1. Uh, and then maybe tra- uh, treat J- Jake to a nice dinner next season. I like dinner. Sounds like a pretty nice offer. That's Hayden Winks. Again, find him on Twitter at Hayden Winks, Underdog Fantasy. Good stuff. We might be talking to Hayden again before we get into the season for some fantasy football-related content. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Tomorrow, James is back. We talk OTAs, week two, eyewitness reports, and more coming your way. Until then, Bengals fans, hootay, and have a good one.